It's Laban Ditchburn, and I really hope you're enjoying the podcast. The reason for this message was this. If you have your own podcast or your own YouTube channel, or you're seriously thinking about starting something up in order to get your message out into the world, I want to make something available to you. Go to podcastingheroes.com for your free five-day video training. Well, I will share with you five key tips and tricks that will allow you to reach out and connect with the best podcast guests available. And not only just bring them on, but to develop relationships with them that build into know, like, and trust that will eventuate in you being invited onto their platforms if you so desire. You'll be able to learn how to monetize even if you don't have a big audience. Go to podcastingheroes.com. It's P-O-D-C-A-S-T-I-N-G-H-E-R-O-E-S.com. Daniel Hanna, welcome to the show. Welcome to Become Your Own Superhero. It's an honor and pleasure to be with you. <clears throat> you are a radiant beam of light, and uh, I love being with you today. Well, I've got to say, uh, it makes it easy being around you, Daniel, with your amazing, wonderful compliments that I always get. And uh, I would say 100% that is reciprocated, and I really would love an opportunity for our audience today to get to know you better so that they can experience the blessing that is Daniel Hanna and having him in my life and the wonderful impact that you have uh, on myself and the people that I know that you are impacted by. So it's a real thrill to have you today. Ordinarily, there would be some basis or some background, some story that people could have a look at before they watch this but you're somewhat of an enigma, not intentionally. But if you had to explain who and what you are in a couple of minutes, what would that sound like? Well, I'm really, I'm really a presence of love. Can you explain or, or expand on that a little for us? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm... Um, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a being, I'm a multidimensional being of love and I have a human experience and I have a human, a human expression and a human story, but uh, my, my underlying presence is, is love and my presence I bring to, to everything that I'm with and that's the presence that transforms. So how does that translate into being paid? for what you do. How does it translate to being paid for what I do? Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, the way of being that I am is, is independent of, of what I do. So I'm, I'm a presence of love and in that presence of love, I bring into everything, in every area of my life. So people naturally want to be in the presence of love. So it's, um, Everybody's looking for that because everybody knows what, what, what home feels like deep down. We all speak the same language, the language of love. So naturally, people want to be around love and people want to be in that presence. So for me, it's like uh, I was born to be a healer. I was born to be um, a person who is of service, to bringing back um, the awareness that people have inside of themselves to be connected to their origins, the source that they are. 
And one could say that that's my profession. One could say that that's my life, but it's really everything that I am. And that's what people pay me for. People pay me for being with me to help them reconnect with the deepest desire within themselves, which is to be one with one with source, one with God, one with the divine inside. I can personally attest to what you're describing, but I wonder if you might attempt to articulate what someone might experience if they met you somewhere out and about and they spent a day with you. What what kind of emotional feelings might they experience being around you? Well, I'm peace. So when people are around me, people experience uh, a profound self-acceptance because there's nothing I want to change about them. I'm presence. I'm listening. I'm a presence of love. And people are like a flower. You know, they're, they're, they want to go towards the light. They want to open up. Everybody has this deep innate desire to return back home. And I'm holding that space. I'm holding that space for people to reconnect. So in essence, I'm, I'm a kind of like a reconnector because I have this memory inside of myself, what it is to be one. And I have also the memory inside of me, what it's like to be separate. You know? And a lot of people in this world feel very disconnected and separate. And that's been my biggest burden in this life, kind of coming into this world with a place of remembrance and oneness and peace. And then at some point in my life, getting my wires crossed and then losing myself and experiencing myself as separation and also an enormous amount of fear and, and sadness and lostness that I was experiencing. And, and that's now a gift for me that I have both remembrances, a remembrance of being home and a remembrance of what it's like to be separate. You know, and I, I dance between those two realities and I build bridges between those two realities. Because right now one could say, you know, there's Laban over there, there's Daniel here, and uh, but we're building a connection in this moment. And that connection will transform us both into a better version of ourselves. So when we leave this podcast, we'll both have more energy and we'll both have a bigger smile on our face and we'll both go, go forth into this world with a renewed vigor for biting into this juicy apple of life. Mm -hmm. The challenges that's cropped up repeatedly really in my life is the relationship with my father, Daniel. And I might have shared some of the history uh, and conversations gone by, but it really stemmed originally from a burning desire from my end to want to have a better connection with my father and to improve that through sharing the knowledge around helping him improve his health. And and the, the secondary response was, if I can improve his health, he will have more energy, he'll be more upbeat, he'll be more optimistic as opposed to, you know, feeling depressed and down and self-loathing and self-piteous and victimhood, a lot of those types of things. And, and the, big, the big lesson early on was, you know, not trying to help anyone. Do you have any inkling at all why this keeps coming up, even after I've forgiven and let go and then apologize for things I've said. And then as the relationship sort of comes back in, uh, the, the tension comes up and I find myself at a place being incredibly infuriated and frustrated with the relationship that I had with him. Hmm. 
and and you're experiencing you're you're experiencing that with your dad still that that you feel like infuriated and you lack of acceptance you want to change him yeah and if it's a practical examples might be that he has not expressed any interest in supporting a lot of my endeavors you know yeah. when i wrote my book there was no you know congratulations son or you know, uh-huh. he hasn't, he hasn't uh-huh. even read it because it's it involves him in a very nice manner, in my opinion, and my mother and some other family members as well. Uh, yeah. But he would only choose to focus on some of the negatives that exist in my life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, I think a deepest desire in a man's heart is often the approval of the father that the dad says you know what son you know i'm proud of you you know you've 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 killed it like you you've surpassed you've surpassed what i thought you were capable of doing and i'm i'm bowing before you you know before your greatness like somebody that's holding that space of the strong masculine for you you know seeing that man in you that you have become you know you've grown up from a wounded wounded boy into a into a mature man now and now you're at the stage where get to look at your father and you would love to be seen by him you know and it's it's not it's not coming in that way that you your heart would love love to experience it so that's a gift too because that's that's an invitation for you to dive deeper into receiving your own approval for who you are because if you truly felt how great you are and if you truly saw yourself, you would not be looking for your dad's approval because you already have it. Because you're already given life to you. And you already said you're you're a great soul. I give I, I, I am the one giving birth to you. I'm creating you and I'm putting you into this world. And that is a sign of my love for you. And that's already sufficient, you know. It's nothing more he needs to do. So from a and thank you for that. Is there any practical because I know, I know, I'm not the only one that has this experience with family, right? I yeah. know that for a fact. But do you have any practical techniques or or behaviors that I can implement to yeah. deal with this? Yeah, absolutely. So you're a powerful being. So you get to choose who you want your dad to be. You don't need him to be a certain way. You get to choose how you create him in your mind. So if you create your, mind, your, your father in your mind as the one giving you approval and as the one loving you, like if you really can see him in your mind as that father that you want, then you are free. And you have risen up to your own potential because then you are the one creating the highest possible version of your dad in your mind, which he is. But in his personality self and in his human expression, it's not coming through. But on his higher soul level, He's already that. And that's something for you to tap into. So if you could, would, would have a, one, a practical exercise, I would say go into the space where it's just you and him inside of yourself and let him tell you what you want to hear from him. Because it just says a lot about you if you're allowing yourself to receive that approval. Right? It's a son, I love you. you know? And you've done done miracles you've made miracles and you're going to do even greater miracles and i'm proud of you your book is amazing like 
thank you for honoring me with your work. You know, you've, you've given me so many gifts, but you're living your life, son. Mm -hmm. And you've healed me, but you're living your life. You get to, you get to decide what you want to hear, what you need to hear, and you get to give it to yourself. We don't have to wait for the other person to actually physically say it. We have to give our own allowance and permission to receive that on the inside. And that's really where miracles happen, right? Because then we do not put conditions on the outside world for the world to be a certain way. We create it in our own mind the way we want it to be. And then the world outside is going to actually change with us. And you will see miracles with your relationship with your dad. But you are going the first step. You know, you're making the first step in your own self, if that makes sense. I hope I'm not too abstract. Yeah. Uh, I'd be lying if I said I was grasping 100% of it, but I get a good intuitive feel for what you're, for what you're saying. Mm -hmm. There's, I, um, I'm curious to know why I'm behaving like this for a number of reasons. And, I, and I've always been very curious about trying to reverse engineer what yeah. it is that I'm experiencing so I can heal from it, right, if it requires healing or grow if, if, if it's growing. Mm -hmm. And and I, what you know, what is it about me wanting to have a relationship with my father for him to be a masculine man, which he's not, you know, to have all those things? What what do you, what am I what am I lacking in my own life before implementing what you're sharing that's triggering yeah. that? Well, I think it's just a willingness, you know. So willingness to allow yourself in your own mind for your dad to be the way you want him to be. It's just saying yes to that. And then there's another part inside of you that says, no, but this guy is not the man I want him. This is not the father I want to have. You know, I'm, I'm angry. I'm angry at him because I'm, 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 I'm not accepting him for who he is. You know, so that, that's a decision you would have to make inside of yourself to say, you know what, stepping past that where I think it needs to be, where I feel like I'm right. And because you are right, but two things can be true at the same time, you know, and we get to choose whether we want to be right or happy. And you can set him free in your own mind. Just that's the power that you have in your mind. You can set your dad free and you can let release all the anger and all the expectations and all the judgments. It's all the hurts, you know, and that, that will raise you into your highest version of who you can be. Yeah, I, I will, and I really appreciate that, Daniel. I I will continue to do that. I, I said to Anna, my wife, I said, if he wasn't my father, if he wasn't a relative, I wouldn't have anything to do with him. And yeah. so you're not you're not saying that I have to have anything to do with him. It, it's just about setting him free. Well, you know, there's two levels, right? So, so there's the level of our human relating where we actually build it, we're actually building a relationship in the, in the physical world with another human being, okay? And then those relationships sometimes work out and sometimes they don't work out. And then there's another layer of reality where everything's connected and everything's fluid and everything is, is it's a miraculous reality. From, from that reality, you can create and rewrite the physical reality. Okay, so whenever the physical reality, the relationship you have with your father right now is very limited in, 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 in terms of what's possible. There's only so many things you can say. There's only so many things you can express. There's limitation there, and that can be frustrating because you want, want to kind of have that relationship with him, but it's not happening at the moment. So whenever that layer is limited, we have to go to the other layer and work there. 
Okay, so that's where the miracles happen. And then the other the other layer will will open up. Most likely, most likely. So I'll give you an example for myself. I had a mom. For me, it was my mom. My, my dad. Sure, I had some of those things that you're describing with my dad too, but it wasn't as deep. Uh, my dad was was super kind and loving and affirming, and but not not super strong. But um, he, he was. He was an angelic being that that really connected me with with um, the light in this life, and with my mom, you know, the relationship was much more deep and difficult. And when I was young, I remember I saw my mom as a perfect being. When I was young, I saw my mom as beautiful. She had this long hair, and she was an angel. I saw her as an angel. And at some point, something must have happened in my life where I got stressed out and I, I lost the vision of who she really is as this beautiful being, this beautiful divine feminine being. And I, I saw her as somebody who's lost and I saw her as somebody who's needy and I saw her as somebody who's not together. And that caused me a lot of pain. It caused me a lot of pain to see her that way. And I, I made a story out of that. I made a story out of what does that mean about me? That means like I'm lost. That means like I'm confused and there wasn't a lot of words that I could say to my mom over there over many, many years because the feeling was so dense inside of me to, to get past that, that um, conversations and building a relationship with my mom was, was, was very challenging. So I had to really go inside of myself a lot and really connect again with that place inside of myself that I had when I was young, before I got my wires crossed and before I lost myself and reconnecting with that image of everything's perfect. You know, my mom is love. My dad is love. I get to choose whether I want to receive that love or whether I want to reject that love. So, so for me, that was a lonely journey too, because I felt like I want to build a relationship with my mom, but I don't know how, and I, I don't know if I can, and I don't know what's possible because our personalities are so um on opposite sides of the spectrum in a way you know so that 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 made me into the person who i am now because i had to dive so deep into my soul and into my being to really dig out that that depth of the heart inside of me you know so without without that feeling lost for so long feeling separate from my mom and feeling like i don't have a relationship with her really made me into a, the healer that I am now too, you know, really wanting to help people in that space as well and learning about myself from every person that I'm with by, by coaching people and always, always getting insights about what does that mean about me? Like every relationship is getting me closer to the one. There's only one relationship I see, you know, there's only one relationship we have in life. It's the one relationship we have with ourselves. It's the one we have with our higher power. It's the one we have with all the people around us. And if that one relationship is good, everything is good. So if you're if you are able to tune into your that part of you where you're still sort of like playing a game with yourself, oh my dad is this and I am that, and and you're limiting yourself, then then you're 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 putting uh, the brakes on in your car in a way. So and we have the we have the switch, you know, like we have the dial. I have the <laughs> I have that light switch here <laughs> in my office, you know, that Steve Hardison gave me. So it's just like we, we have the light switch inside. We get to choose, you know, we get to choose whether we want to have a beautiful story or we get to choose if we want to have a, a suffering story. We get to choose whether we have a dad that doesn't show up and is a weak man or we get to, we get to choose where we say, well, my dad is my hero. 
I became a hero. I became the world's um, best courage coach because of my dad. Yeah. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> dad, thank you so much. I became who I am right now just because of what you gave me and what you didn't give me. And what you didn't give me is probably the biggest gift yeah. you could have given me. Yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I just had this thought in my mind. I have no idea whether you know the answer to this, but do you have any, any at all clue at how many hours that you have spent studying in your life? Yeah, 40 years. <laughs> that's, that's approximately how old Daniel is, by the way. <laughs> And no, it's the, true. You know, this is like my my bread and butter. You know, it's like there's no separation between work and studying and being alive and experiencing the world. You know, this is like all grist for the mill for me. Like every 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 impression I have and every experience I have is a learning for me because I'm not separate from what I'm experiencing. I am connected. I'm a function of of me experiencing life. So I'm always in the equation. So yeah, I've studied forty years. And if you wanna, if you wanna like narrow it down a little bit more, I would I would say since I was like studying with my mind and studying with more of my adult self, probably since I was seventeen years old. That's when I kind of like my adult self became online, came online. Yeah. So because uh, you you've done a remarkable job, and I, I know you well, you are a super humble guy, and uh, but I, I I would like you to. Just share a little bit about some of the people that you've studied under, because uh, I think it's important for people to know that as well. Yeah. D David Hawkins being one of them. Well, let me make it even wider circle, if you don't mind. So my, since we already talked about dad and mom, you know, my, my mom and my dad love me enough to give birth to me. So they, they are my primary teachers. So they, they, they were my early teachers. So, and my grandma and my grandpa, they were extremely influential. They lived in the same house that I grew up in. My grandparents lived upstairs. My parents lived downstairs. And I was an only child. So, so that setup is, uh, was very powerful. I learned, I learned so much from that environment that I grew up in. You know? And coming from a small town in Austria, it's also an extremely um, impactful experience for me to grow up in the town that i grew up in my birthplace is the birthplace of adolf hitler and you know i was i was i was always had this this sense of like wow this is this is this is rich you know i'm, I'm growing up in a very rich soil here there's something something beautiful is going to grow out of that but it was it had to be appreciated you know and it was it took me a long time to appreciate um my roots and where i come from so just sharing that my parents, grandparents, my birthplace. So that that is like a huge uh, part of who I am as a as a human being. And then, because that felt incomplete in some ways, or because that felt mysterious, how I grew up was a reason why I came to America and studied with David Hawkins. So and I was I was felt called to be a psychologist. Read Carl Jung's autobiography when I was seventeen years old. Fell in love with the combination of psychology and spirituality and then since then i was just on fire you know just not, not had a, a dull moment in my life it was just uh reading everything studying everything like having my own library 
um, going to university in Austria, finishing my degree, coming across the work of David Hawkins and then coming to the United States of America, like really being angelically guided to fly over the continent and embrace a completely new life. You know, I was like, I had no idea what's going to wait for me over there, but I just trusted that this is going to be the best decision I've ever made, even though that means leaving my family behind and disappointing a few people and ruffling a few feathers, but really embracing my big me, my big self. And David Hawkins was the single most important teacher that I've had in my whole life because he um, gave me such a big map of, of the human condition and the, and the, the, the the possibilities of, of consciousness inside of ourselves. So he was a mystic and a psychiatrist and he set me free. He set me free from so many things that I thought I needed to do. And I burned half of my library after I read his books because I felt like that's only half of this stuff I need. I really don't need that much. Actually, reality is pretty simple. I can, I can do this. I can figure this out. This is, this is not confusing. This is, this is a straight and narrow path to becoming free and to remembering who I am. So, so he was, he was my first teacher and he was the most important one. And if you want to share, share a little more about how it all unfolded. Um, please, please do. Yeah. Or if you want to know more about him, just chime in and I'll, I'll go more into detail on that one. So, so he was a spiritual teacher. David Hawkins was somebody that you look up to. Okay. So it's not somebody that's an equal for you. It's not somebody like you and I, where I look at you as an equal, I look at you and this is like, we're, we're, we're together. With him, it was more like, okay, I'm looking up here and this is, this is somebody who's one with God, like who's, who's realized something pretty profound. So, so I put him up on a pedestal and I, I do believe that's the way you were with him because he was a spiritual teacher. What I was missing at that point when I was 24 years old, I, I still was missing a father figure. So, because he wasn't a father figure for me, he was, he was a spiritual teacher for me. So he showed me how to become one with God, but he didn't show me how to live life. He didn't show me how to live in the world. So, so when I came in the beginning it was all like a, a honeymoon, you know, feeling like, oh my God, this is, this is it. And then, so then it's just like, no, there's, there's a lot of lessons I need to learn in this life. You know, this is not just about spirituality. This is also about bringing spirituality into this world and becoming effective as a human being. So, so life threw some pretty big lessons at me, you know, so it's like um, I fell in love with a woman. And she broke my heart or our relationship didn't work out. I couldn't even say she broke my heart, but our relationship didn't work out. And, uh, and that threw me into such depth of despair and grief and, and um, disconnection that I felt like, oh, my God, this is another thing opening up here in front of me. And I need to find I need to find a solution for this because I feel really out of my comfort zone in this space of of trauma in a way, like feeling really like, wow, I'm feeling like just the the. the the light just got turned off and I'm now in a place of darkness and I have to figure out who, who the fuck I am. So, and that was a pretty, pretty, pretty deep moment um, that required like for me to summon up all of my courage I had inside of me and go to 12 step meetings and, and talk to people I would have otherwise never talked to and make myself vulnerable and say, you know what? I, I'm pretty humbly admitting that I don't know quite as much as I thought I know. So I had to embrace this spirit of being kind of lost in a way and and also entering then my own psychotherapy you know really having studied it all with my mind but then really experiencing it from the inside of what it means to have trauma and to recover from trauma 
So and I had the enormous privilege of studying with Nathan Swartzolant, who was a Jungian analyst that was trained in Zurich. And his analyst was James Hillman and Marie-Louise from France, who were also who, who Jung was analyzing. So, so I have a direct uh, connection with Jung in that sense. So my analyst was a Jungian trained um when you say analyst what is yeah. that what does that mean in this sense well analyst is really like um somebody who's who's who knows the landscape of the psyche and who is able to have a um a microscope and he'll and you you and him look at this microscope into your own soul and you can say but this is what happened this is this is what made you you and and this is how we are transforming this into a greater reality and so an analyst is really somebody who is who's analyzing your psyche with you in so, real time. So that's like where, where the word psychoanalyst comes from. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But is there other, can there be other something analysts? Like the psychoanalyst, is there is there other variations of that that word? Yeah, yeah, there's all kinds of analysts, but um psychoanalyst is the broadest term, and then there's there's little like um little um that you can distinguish many different sort of flavors within that within that spectrum. So, but he was a Jungian analyst. So, and they have a very particular lens through which they view the world. So, and I needed that approach because that that had the depth that made me feel safe and that made me feel like I'm understood. And it also built a, a built a bridge between the darkness and the light which was extremely important for me because I wasn't just light. I was also darkness and I had to make peace with the darkness inside of me. And that's where the shadow work comes in. So with this analyst, with this psychoanalyst, I did a lot of shadow work and a lot of trauma work. And that was the, probably the most difficult time of my life to walk through all that because I felt so I didn't know if I'm going to make it. So, so that was, that was a, another extremely important teacher. So David Hawkins, and Nathan Switzerland, if you want me to continue, let me know. But um, please, uh, please do. This is so fascinating because I, I want to. I want to talk about the link between the more mainstream people like Jordan Peterson, who yeah. reference people like Carl Jung and Nietzsche a lot in the work that they do as well. But you continue on, sir. Yeah, absolutely. So David Hawkins passed away in 2012, and I also finished my my work with my psychoanalyst around that time as well, and. Then Dr. William Tiller appeared on the screen in my life, which was, a, he was a Stanford physicist. And he's done a lot of work on how the psyche connects with the physical world, like how the inner reality of the mental and the emotional connect with um, our physical universe. So, and he said, hey, Daniel, I, I'm looking for a psychologist. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a, an engineer physicist and I want to work together with a psychologist And because I, I don't understand what you're talking about and I don't think you understand what I'm talking about. So let's build a bridge here. So he became my doctoral supervisor and we, um, we worked together for four years in researching how the human mind and physical matter interact. So, and he was a, he was a pioneer in that field because he, he made experiments where he used human intentionality, our mind, um, changing the pH of water consistently and not just in, in, in this room or in your room, but over across, across time and space and other, like, let's say I, I sent you an intention to your water over there in Mexico, where you are right now, and it's changing its pH of water. So this, there's no locality anymore. So it's like no, no distance time. And, um, so that was fascinating. I thought like, wow, 
my portfolio of people I studied with gets richer and richer. It's first David Hawkins, and then it's Nathan Swartzelot, is amazing human analyst. Now I studied with a Stanford physicist engineer that wants to be with me, just chooses me to say, you know what, I, I, you, you are the bridge between what I'm doing. You understand the internal landscape, and you see the world through a different lens. So let's connect and, and build something together. So that was that was honoring and, and mind-blowing and, and life-changing to be with him. So he passed away not, not uh, too long ago, a couple of months ago, but I'm still involved with that work as well. So um, another amazing person that came into my life was uh, Ron Young, and he was a spiritual healer that really reconnected me with my parents. So after I was in America for 10 years, I... I mean, you know, coming here was a little bit of a, an, an emergency choice too, you know, so it's like I had to get away, I had to find myself, I had to flee, like it's almost like you're a little bit of a refugee in a way. So he, he kind of acknowledged my refugee status and said, you know what, you need to go home and talk to your mom, you know, like you, you need to connect with your parents, like you, your roots, you haven't integrated your roots, like you have kind of followed the spiritual path over the last 10 years and you need to make forgive and, and come back and integrate and heal so so he led me back into that journey of coming to peace with my ancestry and my, my lineage and my birthplace which is an amazing gift and the amount of resistance i had to doing that was incredible it's the last thing i wanted to do it's like i wanted to fight him i wanted to scream at him and i was like what the hell is like these people screwed me over like they, they they hurt me like i had to come to america because they didn't give me what i needed like i had to study with david hawkins i had to come all my way to america and like make it all on my own and you know it's like now i have to go back there and kind of whatever like what, what, what do you think i should get there but that was one of the most important lessons you know, such a knock on the head, like such a humbling reminder of, hey, there's, there's a lot to be learned there, son, go back and, and look at that through the new eyes that you're looking with, looking through right now. So, so that was an amazing mentor. And then after this one was Steve Hardison. So Steve Hardison and Steve Chandler, those two were the father figures that I was missing in a way in my life. They, they, they filled in this personal piece of feeling like, okay, there's some males that are really strong. And there's some males that have experienced all of life that have looked at the glasses half empty and they have learned how to look at the glasses half full now. And they have made a business out of that. They're successful and they, they enjoy life. You know, that, that added sort of like that feeling of there's hope for me to be a functional human being and a well-rounded human being. And there's, there's hope for me to create miracles in this world and to, for it to come full circle, like bring it all together, like bring the Hawkins, bring the psychotherapy, bring the, bring the healer Ron Young, like bring the, the scientist William Tiller and bring this, this amazing um, artistic uh, landscape of coaching. For me, like for me, like being a psychotherapist, it always felt like this is kind of like a science of the soul. But I also want to be an artist. I also want to be a coach. I also want to be a miraculous creator of, of things that never existed before. I want to be a, a weaver. I want to be a wizard. I want to I want to create things, you know. So so being with Hardison was was sort of like the okay, let's bring it all together. Like Daniel Harner, you've had an amazing schooling. You went to school, you got a PhD, you have studied with these amazing mentors. Now, now let's bring it all together and like let's it's let's express it let's express it like nobody else can express it because you've experienced it in the way you experienced it and nobody else has that experience so it's now my duty and my privilege and my honor to share what i know and to bring it to the world in the way only i can so i'm thinking what hope 
does your average person have <laughs> to attaining enlightenment if they don't have access to the resources that you've had access to? What advice would you give to people that just need some place to start? Yeah, for sure. I mean, like, look, I mean, if I can do it, anybody can do it because I started from such humble beginnings and not knowing if it's going to work out, like every step along the way, not knowing if it's going to work out, you know, but always being guided in a way to have the next right thing open up and another door open up and another door open up. And that that's possible for everybody. So I think you living your life, me living my life, it's making it easier for everybody else on the planet to live their life. And you are a portal to the divine. You, you are a coach that people can connect with. I'm a coach that people can connect with. So that there's more and more and more doors opening as we are alive. So so whoever is now feeling like they don't have access to that, that's not true, you know, because we're all connected. We're all connected. So it's just like it's that the solution is just one millisecond away from you. Like a miracles happen in my life. Why shouldn't it happen to somebody else's life? So some, <laughs> there's so many amazing people out there that we can learn from. It's like, good God, this is the best life ever. It's like, this is, this is, this is the best time to be alive. Like there's never been so many possibilities that are available to us as there are right now. I mean, this is, this is getting increasingly better every, 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 every day because you're thinking more positive thoughts and you're doing your spiritual work and I'm doing it and, and millions of other people are doing it. So it's like, you leave the footprints, I leave the footprints, and guess what? You know, that that path will be so clear for other people at some point. It will be a no-brainer to say, you know what, this is this is the path. And if my suffering and my pain and my journey and my learning has has helped to make that path a little more clear for other people, then I've served my life well. And that's why I'm here. I'm uh, affectionately known as the world's best courage coach. And you are affectionately known as Carl Jung 2.0. Can you share with us how that came about? Well, actually, I've never named myself that way myself. That that actually, William Tiller said, Daniel, I have that feeling that that you're going to be a new Carl Jung. And I, I I just said, thank you, thank you, Doctor Tiller. That's very that's very kind of you. You know, so I I honor my ancestors. I honor the people that I've learned from, and every person that walked before us has given us. A, a gift and we get to build a house together like all all of us we, we're building this house together and everybody's um putting their pieces on top of the other piece and i'm i'm just here to to honor all the traditions that i was born into and carl jung is one of them and david hawkins was one of them and for me my 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 privileges and my 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 calling is to bring those things together like they've never been brought together before so there's no formal synthesis or there's, there's never been a really strong bridge between psychology and spirituality. And I know that's a very bold statement, but psychology is relatively young in that sense, the science of the soul, you know, like Freud hasn't, has, you know, like his dream interpretation book came out in 1900. And uh, so it's, it's relatively young and Jung wasn't, it died, I think in 19, 1963 or so. So it's like, we are, we are standing on these, shoulders of these giants okay and uh, and we are in an evolution we're in this flow of the river of life 
and we are we are, we are moving we are evolving so so what i'm creating is, is going to be building on, on all the people that i've learned from and that's where the the, the term called column 2.0 comes from so there's there's never there's, there's no limit this is a mountain without a top and we we get to walk and walk and explore and explore mm-hmm. look it's a, it's a wonderful uh compliment or endorsement to receive in any in any capacity and i and i would say the same with this world's best courage coach which was a declaration that largely was my making but was endorsed by another giant that I'd stood on the shoulders of and Chris Doris and Steve Hardison, you know, who you're working with and you spent four years investing in yourself and working with this man who's had a ridiculously profound effect on thousands of people just that I know, which means there's millions more, right? So it's funny, you know, Daniel, I, I saw a post on a social media platform. It would have been LinkedIn last year and there was a lady who was a very well-established speaker. She'd written a number of books. And so one of the questions was, what's your bucket list mm-hmm. you know, event that you want to tick off? And she put, I, I really want to be a speaker at a Tony Robbins uh, yes. event. And I looked at that and I was like, I can do better than that. And I, and I wrote down, I want Tony Robbins to have me on his bucket list. Is there, is there any, <laughs> right? Is there any moment in time where you've thought, not from an ego point of view, but from a, uh, a, an ascension point of view, that like one day you want someone to be named as a Daniel Hanna 2.0? Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, that's going to happen, you know? I mean, they're, 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 we're all, it's an infinite, infinite uh, expansion. So there will be lots of Daniel Harnett 4.5.6.8.0s, you know? So yes, yes. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just grateful, you know? I'm just grateful to be a bridge between the past and the future. And I'm serving as long as I need to be here to pass on the gifts and to be um, a channel of, of, uh, of service. Yeah. Do you, uh, do you have much to do with the work of Jordan Peterson? I know you, you don't know him personally last time we spoke, but have you followed any of his work? And, and my question is, do you have any understanding at why he is being attacked for sharing the knowledge that he shares? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the truth is never popular. So... An old adage is that says, you know, when you say the truth, leave town because you will be attacked. <laughs> you know, I've never Christ, heard that. Christ wasn't very popular at his time. You know, there was a few that, that got him and followed him. And, you know, and, and then the majority said, you know what? This guy's full of shit. Like, this is, he says he's the son of God. Like, you know, how can he claim that? He's a king, they say. Like, he says he's a king. It's like, screw that. Like, let's nail him on the cross, dude. It's like, you know. So it's like um, there's a huge animosity towards Christ in our culture and towards the masculine. And so, so it's, um, <laughs> we are an evolving piece of art together. And there's a lot of forgiveness that needs to happen on this planet. And uh, somebody needs to be the bad guy sometimes and just say, hey, you know what? This isn't pretty what we're looking at here. You know, this, is, this doesn't look too good. This is, <laughs> so yeah, I mean, God bless Jordan Peterson. A lot of respect for him. 
I'm not saying I agree with everything. I'm not saying I am like him, but I say he's fulfilling an extremely important role. And uh, I, I love him very much. And uh, I'm not surprised at all that he's going to be attacked and we're all going to be attacked. And then that's okay, you know, because the truth is more important than approval. <laughs> that's very true. And what a great answer. If you're going to tell the truth, if you're going to tell the truth, make sure you leave town. <laughs> I've never heard that before. I, Daniel, I heard uh, it was Joe Rogan. It was a short. It was like a 60-second video that I watched, and he was talking about one of the Dead Sea Scroll researchers who was an agnostic guy that was part of this group of people that spent 12 years decoding and translating the Dead Sea Scrolls. And mm. this guy, from what I can garner, was deduced that it was trips from or hallucinations from ingesting of magic mushrooms and the interpretation of the visions that was what this Dead Sea Scrolls came about. So the cold concept of religion mm -hmm. based on around this could be that it was like visions had from psilocybin. Yeah. Do you right. know much about this subject at all? Yes, I do. What do you want to know? <laughs> <laughs> well, what can of worms am I opening up here? What do you make of that? That particular thesis that that this um, the, the person who wrote the seas the Dead Sea Scrolls was actually under the influence of, of magic mushrooms. So I might be mis or misphrasing it, or I, mean, I am yeah. paraphrasing. To just yeah, base it on that. Well, I mean, for me, as I see it, it's like. I don't know if it matters where the truth comes from, you know, whether you are taking magic mushrooms or MDMA or, or some other mind altering substance, or whether it's by, by pure divine revelation on its own by somebody just staring at the fire for five hours, you know, or sitting in meditation. So however it was received, but what matters is that it is the truth and that it has a sort of like a resemblance of a feeling of familiarity when you read it. It's like, Oh my God, this is amazing. Whoever wrote this, it's like, oh, but what was your mushrooms? Or did you drink too much wine? Or was it ambrosia? Or was it, it doesn't matter, you know? Yeah. So people come up with these kinds of theories a lot, you know? It's just like, well, maybe the human brain developed because people ingested mushrooms and it made the brain grow and it made us more intelligent and it made us form language in our brain and things like that. And it could very well be true, but I don't know. I mean, it's a hypothesis. So well, what's, what's definitely a truth is that these, mushrooms or psychedelics they definitely open up parts of our brain and psyche that are hidden to most of us and they can be amazing tools to um explore the psyche and spirit so so it's um that's my it's my opinion on it yeah it's, it, you're right it's uh i suppose that my my curiosity around this is that i have a deep deep rooted desire for the truth yeah like when I say the truth, like if I witness something with my own eyes, I realize there can be multiple truths, but as close to that truth as possible, right? Like, and you yeah. talk about, you know, how humans uh, develop their brain. Now, whether you believe in evolution or not, like it looks like it was the consumption of uh, animal fat mm -hmm. that, that helped our brains actually develop and fire that were able to access the marrow and, and, and bones yeah. and create uh, food, nutrition, and unlock a lot of the bioavailability through that. That's that's what it's looking pretty good to be like, right? Mm -hmm. And but there's also like a lot of a lot of other stuff that's come to light in my own mind about 
you know, we mentioned I've got a guy coming on the show uh, next week, Flat Earth Dave, who, who fundamentally believes wholeheartedly would put his life on it. And I think he's, he's got a, a, a bet where if people can disprove these questions that he's got, he'll give them three Bitcoins that the earth is flat. And, and if that is the case, what implications does that have on spirituality and, and all these other, you know, there's this flow on effect. It's uh, by the way, I'm not high on this podcast today. <laughs> it might sound like it. And maybe if you are listening and you are high, you are really enjoying this more power to you. I don't really know what my question is. It's just, I find this stuff so fascinating and I just wonder how it sort of ties in with what you've learned over the years. Well, I think, you know, it's, um, and I don't know if I'm making sense, but, and I'm not high either. I'm, I'm just being myself. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's important to have ideas in life and whether they are true or not, it's not so important. I think it's what they do to you and your evolution and your growth is what's important. So so if this if this idea that the earth is flat or if this idea that the world is round and and whatever serves you whatever you want to believe you know that that, that that's what you go with okay so it's like a, that there's the world out there there's this the world of science that confirms this or that and then there's the world that we see and, and that's the world we can choose okay so and then that's the world of ideas so so in this in this case, you know, this is a pretty deep rabbit hole we could go into with this with with Dave and I don't know him, but um, I say choose the choose the ideas that serve the evolution of your consciousness and your growth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you mentioned science. You know, like for so long I relied on the information that I was shared to be fact, mm-hmm. and then as I've gone through my own evolution and and my spiritual awakening, really. Uh, my ability to witness things time and time again that I've experienced firsthand with my own being, some of them disprove the the current science dogma. And and so now it's like, well, if that's possible, what else is possible? And I, I think it's a really fun place to live. And, you, you know, you mentioned early on at the start of the podcast, like, yeah. you know, every single day is so exciting and, and it really is. Like there's so much yeah. to learn and discover and, and you know, for people that are naturally really inquisitive about this stuff, where's a where's a great, really basic place to start that you can recommend? To start what? To start the spiritual journey. Like, what's one book resource or one podcast or one quote that you could share if you've got one? I'm putting you on the spot here, Daniel. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think if it, it depends who you are and what calls to you. So I would, I would always. Um, start with being one within yourself and then seeing what resonates with you but just looking at life so life is the biggest teacher life is the biggest uh, information pool that's the we all get to play in this infinite universe with infinite possibility so i have been on an information diet for a long long time because I, i've just been so busy with just deciphering the language of this universe without even reading any books you know so so i just had to learn how to deeply listen to deeply listen to what's around me what's inside of me and so i think start with that this is i think the most important podcast is you the most important book is you so start with your own experience and examine your own experience. Like uh, Socrates used to say, know thyself, like know thyself, like study, be inquisitive, like 
what if the world is flat? Go with that idea. Does what, 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 what would it mean to you? Does it do something good to you to believe that? Go with that. If that stirs up curiosity, makes you question everything in the world, then great. You know, maybe maybe you're gonna have, maybe you're gonna be a new Einstein of some sort. You know, so um, <laughs> so that that's answer number one. Answer number two is now answering really your question. I think if you want to read a book that blows your mind, I think Power versus Force by David Hawkins is a great way to start. It's uh, it's giving you a map of consciousness. It shows you a tool how to discern truth from falsehood. It 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 goes into all sorts of things that I intuitively knew to be true and then got confirmed by just reading the book. So just by reading that book, I think your consciousness will naturally turn up to a higher level and the light will turn brighter or the flame will be burned brighter inside of you if you read that book. So Power versus Force is a is a great book for spiritual lay people or advanced spiritual people it is it's 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 a great book to start so so that's that's a good place to start if you want to go more the psychology route a really great book is reading memories dreams and reflections by Carl Jung his autobiography or his biography his autobiography so that 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 completely changed my life it's such a beautiful look at somebody's soul and human experience that's so deep rich and and infinitely powerful so those two books i would say were probably the most influential books in my life yeah aside from all the spirit other spiritual great works yeah yeah that i mean i haven't read either of those but uh i think there was carl jung's red book or something along Mm -hmm. those lines which i got on audible and i realized it was like 60 hours long or something (laughs) i was like yeah the poor bastard that recorded that on Audible, like my, mine was four hours and it took three and a half days to record. <laughs> poor bastard. Yeah, yeah. That's some well, they they yeah. are some great recommendations. because and, and why this is important, I think I was just thinking about this as you were answering that question, Daniel, and, and I could talk to you literally about anything, anything, and, and I know that there would be no judgment. And yeah. I don't know that there's many people on the planet that I could have that kind of, like, I'm talking about literally anything. And, uh, you know, I'm not talking about, you know, harming children or sexual abuse of children. I'm not talking yeah. about, you know, those kind of things. But, um, you know, any any thought that I had in my, even yeah. maybe even if it was that, uh, I honestly feel like there wouldn't be judgment. And, and that's a really powerful statement to make about someone. I don't know. If people could ever say the same about me, certainly where I'm at in my own life, how do you feel about me saying that? Is that true? Well, you know, as we started, you started out the podcast and asking me who I am. And I said this sort of like amorphous, ambiguous thing. It's like I'm a presence of love and, you know, and a presence, a presence that heals, you know, and, and you just affirmed it and acknowledged that. And thank you for acknowledging and affirming that. And um, it makes me feel good, you know, and it makes me feel like, you know, I'm, I'm here to serve. And I, I, I feel the same about you because since I am so much love and so much acceptance and forgiveness, I'm, I'm also feeling 100% open to telling you everything. And I would have no reservation asking or talking with you about anything, you know, so I would trust you with my life. So that's, wow. that's you know, like I, I would, yeah. I feel I 100% trust you. Like, if you were my dad, I'd say I, I love you, dad. You know, like, you you are an amazing person. I see you and uh, you're totally pure. And there's, yeah, I, I see you as you see me. Yeah. Wow. I don't ever see any judgment coming from you. It's like, I, I tell you anything, the worst possible thing. If I did something really bad, I would have no shame telling you. 
because I know you've been through so much stuff yourself that you, you've burned away those fires. You know, it's like for me too, I've been through so much stuff. I've burned away those judgments. It's like, I've seen so many things that are not good and I've experienced so many things that are not good. I'm not going to throw the first stone and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to throw stones at anybody. So I'm not, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> well, Daniel, I mean, I'm, I'm really humbled by that statement. It's, it's really knocked me off my core. I, I didn't even, I honestly thought that, that no one would be able to say that. And then you just say it straight away like that. So I, I thank you from the bottom of my heart. I, uh, I had something else that I was going to say. And that comment just <laughs> knocked me, knocked me for six. Uh, Daniel, where, where can people find, find you more and learn more about you? Yeah, well, the best way to connect with me is to go to my website, which is www.danielhorner.com. And I have been deeply immersed in my own healing journey over the last 16, 17 years. So my time on social media and, and podcasts has been limited. So, um, but you can, there's certainly a few videos and a few podcasts that I'm featured on. But um, you can expect to hear more from me as I am continuing my journey. And um, yeah, if anybody wants to get in touch with me, you find my phone number and my email on my website. And I'm, I'm open. I'm an open space to explore whoever feels called to connect. Mm -hmm. Daniel, do you have any concluding thoughts for our audience today? Well, I think we're all blessed to be here. You know, this is a lifetime I've been waiting for, for for a long time, because this is for me a springtime of spirituality where many lineages, many traditions and many dimensions are coming together. And I don't know if I will still see it, but I know I'm going to be somebody that's contributing to that blossoming or renaissance, if you want to call it. I think uh, sometimes it gets worse before it gets better. And we all have been through some pretty dark stuff over the last two and a half years with the pandemic and, and other traumas moving through our collective fields. So so I'm, I'm really looking forward to the bottom being uh, cleaned out on the basement, you know, and then for things to move up to more harmonious and beautiful waters. And I, we all going there together with each other and we're going to have an amazing time. So just wanted to take this last moment of the podcast to just acknowledge, you know, and take, you know, just be grateful for the, for, for our life and how much, how much of a privilege it is to be actually having this experience of being a human and making a difference in the world, you making a difference with your podcast and you choosing to interview me and giving me um, a visibility and a voice and, um, and for us to uplift each other. We're all doing this together. This is not, this is the end of isolation. This is not a time where people are supposed to be doing things on their own. This is a time of connection and of reaching out and, uh, and really uplifting each other and building a, a field of coherence where, where we are, um, no, all boats rise on the ocean. We're all lifting up the ocean. So this is, there's no separation. Like everything that I do in my spiritual work uplifts you. Everything that you do, and if you throw a book at at uh, on Joe, Joe Rogan's deck on, on Lake Austin there, and then you you're being your best version of your best coach 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 self, it's going to uplift me over here in, in Arizona. So that's how I see the world. You know, we all lift each other up. This is such a huge privilege, Daniel. I and I, uh, I look forward to when we do this again, which I know we will. And uh, thank you so much for sharing all your amazing insights today. Ladies and gentlemen, Dr. Daniel Hanna. It's Laban Ditchburn, and I really hope you're enjoying the podcast. The reason for this message was this. 
If you have your own podcast or your own YouTube channel or you're seriously thinking about starting something up in order to get your message out into the world, I want to make something available to you. Go to podcastingheroes.com for your free five-day video training Well, I will share with you five key tips and tricks that will allow you to reach out and connect with the best podcast guests available. And not only just bring them on, but to develop relationships with them that build into know, like, and trust that will eventuate in you being invited onto their platforms if you so desire. You'll be able to learn how to monetize even if you don't have a big audience. Go to podcastingheroes.com. It's P-O-D-C-A-S-T-I-N-G-H-E-R-O-S.com.